0: Welcome to The Gradebook, a Tampa Bay Times podcast on Florida education issues. I'm reporter Jeff Solacek, and this week our guest is Shannon Durant, chairwoman of the Hillsborough County School District's Title VI committee, which oversees the education of Native American children in the school district. This past week, Durant and her committee worked with the school district and came up with an announcement that had been 18 months in the making to change some of the school mascots that had been named Indians, Chiefs, and Warriors. They they looked at those as being... Unacceptable, and they wanted to get them to have different approaches. They also looked at some of the high schools, which they're not changing their mascots per se, but they are going to be changing some of those traditions behind some of the things that happened at homecoming, football games, and other activities. Rather than me explain it to you, I'm going to let Ms. Durant jump right in and explain what she's been up to. And so we're going to go straight to our interview. So, Shannon Durant, thank you so much for taking some time to talk with me on the podcast today.
1: Thank you for having us, or me, sorry. Thank you for having me.
0: Well, you are the chairperson of a task force that was looking into uh, mascots in the Hillsborough County School District. Could you tell me a little bit more about how you got involved and why the issue came up?
1: Yes, I work with Title VI, and Title Six works with the Native American and Alaskan Native American children of Hillsborough County. So there's a parent board, the PAC board, And I am the chair of that. Um, We oversee the funds. It's a federal grant that we get from the government. So we oversee the funds and um, monitor all the Native American and Native American children in Hillsborough County. And when I say um, monitor, I mean we look at their attendance and all their test scores, their graduation rate, um, something I'm very proud of is that um, in Hillsborough County, we're the only group that has a 100% graduation rate, which with Native Americans, is that's awesome.
0: That's fantastic. Oh. How, many, how many Native American students are there, approximately?
1: Um, recognized in Hillsborough County, there's only about 500, um, but we know those numbers are low, and part of that is just the government, the government status that goes on that. Um you have to remember that or know that some of uh, we're still coming out of a generation where like parents that were still put in car got car sent off to this you know the Indian schools and their hair was cut and told not to speak their language. I have parents, I have one parent that is my age, she um was in, you know would have been in middle school in the late 70s early 80s and she was forced to the front of the school you know in the classroom to the front of the classroom to sh- prove that she knew how to wash her hair and and wash her face and brush her teeth because there was still the belief that Native Americans did not know how to clean themselves
0: so it's a it's a group that has been discriminated against and held to a different standard for quite some time. So I guess it makes sense.
1: Well, for years and years, hundreds of years. But a lot of people don't realize when when we talk about it, that it wasn't just, it was not hundreds of years ago. It was as early as, you know, less than 50 years ago that things were still happening.
0: And so in that context, the issue of the mascots, seems to have a lot more relevance because you had schools that were calling themselves Indians and chiefs and and warriors and and I guess doing some things that were not very pleasant or, or very acceptable to the people who they were supposedly representing.
1: Well, in Hillsborough County, if you look at all the schools, including the high schools and the one middle school and the five elementary schools, all of them were named In the early, the late fifties, the early sixties, except for one school, Summerfield, and it was late. It was named in the nineties. And if you think about the area where it feeds into um, East Bay, if you think about the area that grows around here, that was probably the feeder elementary into East Bay. So that's why they took the Indian name. But in nineteen ninety four, a federal law passed that said that you couldn't mascot Native Americans anymore. So all the schools were are grandfathered under that. And moving forward, it just, it makes sense to change it at this point because of heritage and time. And
0: Did, you, re- did you receive a lot of complaints over these names or, or did you find that it was just something that you felt was the right thing to do?
1: Um, it depends on what group you speak to. We feel it's the right thing to do. Um, but there are groups that, and a lot of different ethnic groups probably feel it's the right thing to do. But there are, you know, the alumni behind the East Bay or Chamberlain, that, you know, they don't want to see cha- they don't want to see change because they've been that. And there's there's even Native Americans that have come out and said, I'm Native American and it doesn't bother me.
0: So, so then what was the rationale for making the change? And I noticed that you didn't do it for high schools. Actually, you recommended having them change their their procedures, perhaps, and their, their traditions, but not their names.
1: Right. They're changing. We went in. We've been working on this for 18 months. This isn't just something that happened yesterday. And um, we first went into the high schools and just tried to educate and change What we felt was wrong, um, like, for instance, there was females wearing the war bonnet. Females don't wear a war bonnet. A war bonnet is not worn by a male, and it is usually only worn by a chief. And so we asked that the females do not wear war bonnets. Um, it doesn't mean that there's no female chiefs. There are female chiefs. They just don't wear a war bonnet. They wear usually wear a princess cap. So we went in and asked for changes, and they were granted to us. And they at both the high schools have been the students, the principals, the teachers have been very warm and and um, open to arms and listening and changing and helpful. Um, At both schools, we went into the culinary department and taught Native American cooking. We um, worked with um, Chamberlain's yearbook. We went in a Native American month and did um, a couple of different festivities. So they've been very warm and welcoming to us, but we hadn't reached out yet to the middle or, or elementary schools. And at the process that we were working with the high schools, We watched a couple of elementary schools just change their mascots from, like, the eagles to the crows. So we as parents thought, well, if they can change that easily from that, why can't we change the braves to the eagles?
0: Sure, that makes a lot of sense. Why not?
1: And so we asked, and it depends on what parent you speak to, some of us asked, some of us us demanded that it just be changed because a lot of people don't realize in the Native American culture a brave is a male and a brave is from the age of 15 to 25 and it's somebody who counts coup and counting coup is is killing somebody. So I don't think, first of all, in in our elementary schools we want to promote that And our elementary schools are not all male schools. So you have females in there, and they technically cannot be brave.
0: Well, you know, it's always funny. Whenever somebody brings that up, I always think about, like, USF and the bulls, because bulls are male, too. And so it's kind of interesting, because I always say, they're the lady bulls, but what's a lady bull, right? So sometimes logic just kind of makes you want to scratch your head and say, you've got to do something that makes sense.
1: Right. And... But I also look at USF with the bulls. It's more—it's more plausible for a female bull than it is a female. I don't know because it's just—it's not a, a. What a lot of people don't realize is Native American is the only culture that's that's mascotted.
0: I say that just doesn't seem right. I know we've been hearing about the arguments over the Redskins and the Indians from the different uh, professional teams for a long time, and and it seems like if you're trying to get some sort of sensitivity to all people around you that you wouldn't be so insensitive with the name of a team or a mascot for a school.
1: Yeah well there are federal laws against mascotting Native Americans anymore but a lot of these are all grandfathered in so and you're talking about like the Redskins the um, Washington team They've been sanctioned by the NFL and asked to change their names, but the owners refused to.
0: Did you find that so, as the information came out that, that the schools would be changing these things, that, that there was a, a negative backlash? We found that we received some fairly racist comments from people who were less than understanding.
1: Yes. We knew, we knew there was going to be backlash. Um, my biggest concern on the backlash is the kids, I don't want any kids to be hurt. I don't want any feelings to be hurt. This is supposed to be fun and exciting. And like at the elementary level, new and exciting, you're going to be the new generation. This is your legacy to move forward and and change something that was wrong to something that's positive and awesome. I know there are adults that are upset, and a lot of that is alumni, because you have people that, you know, they've lived in this area all their life. So, you know, their parents were Indians at East Bay, and then now their kids were East, and now the grandkids, you know. So it's, you know, four or five generations. I've run into that many a times from alumni. But it's time. It's time to change. And then the other question we get is, why now? Well, first of all, it's 2019. We've come a long way. And we only started, if you, if you Google Title VI, yes, it's a federal grant, and it's huge in some comi- some communities. When we started 11 years ago, we were only the second district to have it. In Florida. And in 11 years, we've grown from a very small group to a little bit smaller group. <laughs> but we've also gotten a voice, and people are listening to us and hearing us. And we started small with a small request of allow- asking that our Native American children, when they graduate, could wear an eagle feather.
0: Are they allowing that now? To- Is that something that they do allow?
1: Yes. This, this year will be the second graduation that they will allow our children to wear eagle feathers when they graduate. So when we finished that the diversity department asked us what we would like to tackle next and we just asked if we could if we could enter into the schools that had Native American names and educate and the diverse working with the diversity problem, Uh, Department of Hillsborough County, we um, started with the high schools and moved, you know, moved forward.
0: Now, the high schools are not going to change their names, and and you're okay with that?
1: It's an ongoing discussion.
0: That's fair. (laughs) Do you think at some point they might, or are you going to continue to push for that, or is that something that will... Just you know, because of the traditions, probably be some wall that you just can't get over.
1: It's an ongoing discussion.
0: When somebody says an answer, the same answer like that twice, I know that it's really something that's a that's a testy, touchy little subject, but. I will let you off. while well, we're
1: uh, recording. while well, we're off not recording. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I'll, I will mention this. I worked in central Illinois for a while, and there was a school there in a small town called Pekin, which they claimed was halfway around the world from Beijing and China, and they called themselves the Pekin Chinks forever. And then a superintendent came in, it was in the 1980s, and said, that's just so racially offensive. I can't believe you have this name. And they changed it to the Dragon's. And people in the community never really accepted it, even though they were called the dragons. Maybe by now they accept it more, but they would go around with shirts and flags and banners that said chinks forever. And it was it was very offensive to people who weren't from there. But for people who were from that community, it was just who they were. And I just don't know how that might play out here. If you're the East Bay Indians, if you're going to continue to be, even if they change your name.
1: I think that there will be, like you're saying, I think that there will be, it will take time. Um, I will say, talking about going into the high schools and change, we went into Chamberlain last year was the first year. And one of our concerns was their homecoming. And Chamberlain um, does their whole homecoming around a Native American theme. And they do this whole, excuse me, Harvest Day um, play and dance. It's called the Red, or the uh, Corn Dance, Green Corn Dance. And um, when we first read the play, we were so, I don't even know how to use words to explain. We were so offended and so just, oh my gosh, do you realize that in this play you're, you're marrying your girls off to these boys? And do you realize that a traditional corn dance is, it's a maiden dancing to a male saying that I'm ready and ripe and willing to be married and bear children. So after discussing it with the homecoming committee, we rewrote the corn play, but we had never really officially seen the corn dance, only videos on YouTube and you know what we had been told, and we agreed to allow the corn dance to be danced because we didn't know. So we attended on homecoming day. We attended. They do. They do. Um, where they announce the you know the candidates. And they do two assemblies. They do ninth and 10th grade. And then they do 11th and 12th grade. And so, uh, of course, the first assembly was the ninth and 10th graders. And the assembly hall was quiet. And they were in awe. And they watched. And they clapped. And they thought it was awesome. And then, of course, you know, changing of classes. Now the 11th and the 12th graders come in. And... They're yelling and screaming and saying, "Where's, where's this and where's that?" And wh- because of all the changes, they the ninth and tenth graders accepted it because they knew no better. And so this year, when it happens again, it's tradition to them. But you have these ninth and tenth, you have these eleventh and twelfth graders that are used to something, and now you're changing it. So I think, like we explained to Chamberlain, as the years go on, because these ninth graders last year now are going to be tenth graders this year, and the tenth graders are going to be eleventh graders, it's really only going to be your seniors that might fight back a little.
0: I guess then you just have to worry about the people from past graduating years who come back and say, what did you do to our school?
1: Right, well, and this year they're probably going to be very shocked because the dance is not going to happen
0: so so it sounds like it sounds like like you said, it's a work in progress, education is a key part, and maybe over time more changes will continue to come, but at least they've taken some big steps forward, and you must be happy that at this point you were able to accomplish this much.
1: Yes, we are so thrilled, we are so excited. And one of the things that I'd like to stress is that people don't realize we are the eighth largest district in the United States. We are a huge district. If you drive from one end of the district to the other end of the district, it's a three-hour drive. We have to, over to, we have 28 public high schools. That's not counting charter schools or private schools. So we have a ton of children in our district, and to accomplish this and, and move forward and say that we are going to stand up as one of the districts to be politically correct by changing our school names to you know more appropriate names is so awesome, and following states like California I, a lot of people realize don't realize is California passed, and I think it's 2020 or 2021, that no high school, college, or sports team can have a Native American name in California. And I'm pretty sure New York is right behind them, and I want to say they're 2023. So for us as a district, even though it's not mandatory in Florida... If it does become mandatory in Florida, Hillsborough County can sigh a relief and say, we've already started the process.
0: Well, I just want to congratulate you on your work so far and thank you for taking the time to explain it to us. And I look forward to seeing how it works out and seeing what your next steps are. Thank you. That's the end of our conversation and the end of our podcast. If you'd like to participate and share your views, please put your comments under this podcast post on our Facebook page, Tampa Bay Times Gradebook. To keep up on the latest in Florida education breaking news, go to our blog, tampabay.com slash gradebook. If you want to share this podcast with others, we're on iTunes, Google, and other places where you can get podcasts. Review it if you'd like to help us in getting it pushed up the charts and have other people find it as well. We appreciate any of your thoughts, including who you'd like to hear from or what you'd like to hear about. Send an email to jsalachek at tampabay.com. I'm reporter Jeff Solichek. Thanks again for listening.